welcome to another Inward Authority podcast. Today we are going to be discussing the will of God. Jesus said in Mark 3:35, For whoever does the will of God is my brother and my sister and my mother. So Jesus said, Whoever does the will of God. What might that say about those who do not do the will of God? Now to me, this sounds like an important thing to do. In order to do the will of God, I will first need to seek the will of God. Now what happens if we practice self-seeking instead of seeking God? And in order to understand the idea of self-seeking and what it does, please listen to my other podcast on self-seeking. There's a lot to learn about that. Jesus seems to be saying that people who are close like family are those who do the will of God. So those who claim they want to be close to Jesus and do not do the will of God, what might that say about their faith? The book of James boldly goes into this. Try reading it verse by verse, taking in the meaning of each word, sentence, and point. Personalize it to your own life. Find meaning and direction on how to improve, and more importantly, do it. And as we do the will of God, please keep in mind it is not to check the box and say it is done. We do it to position our being so we may learn invisible spiritual reactions and results from our doing it. Spiritual development, doing the will of God, is an investigative and introspective process. Certainly we are to do the will of God. Without doubt, such action will benefit us in our current life. But what is the will of God, and how do we do it? Who will teach us, guide us, coach us, encourage us, convince us, and correct us? I had to accept that it was up to me to do the seeking, listening, learning, practicing, humbling, convicting, facing, persevering, growing, struggling, and changing. Changing my mind to be in with God so that I can be saved, healed, and rescued. I have had to choose such situations and conditions for myself. Just as no one else could get me sober, no one else can produce the inward spiritual development with God. Each of us must inwardly adjust ourselves to abide in God through doing the will of God. So because God wouldn't make me do it, it was left up to me to choose and act. God won't make me love God. God won't make me seek God. I have to choose on my own to do it, even when I don't want to. I have to choose to love God with inward application of zeal, sincerity, diligence, and conviction. It's my choice, no one else's, and it's a choice that is available to me every day. Every day I have a free gift available to me. Grace is always there, but I need to choose it. I need to choose to respond with God's will, goodness, righteousness, and character. I will either choose it or I won't. I first learned this decision through the following instructions found on page 62 of Alcoholics Anonymous. It says, Next, we decided that hereafter in this drama of life, God was going to be our director. He is the principal, we are his agents. He is the father, and we are his children. Most good ideas are simple, and this concept was the keystone 
of the new and triumphant arch through which we pass to freedom, when we sincerely took such a position, all sorts of remarkable things followed. We had a new employer. Being all-powerful, he provided what we needed, if we kept close to him and performed his work well. Established on such a footing, we became less and less interested in ourselves, our little plans and designs. More and more, we became interested in seeing what we could contribute to life. This is step three in AA. We decide that hereafter in this drama of life, God was going to be our director. It is a decision with a commitment, hence the word hereafter. That means follow-up action has been agreed upon. We agree to this work. So the decision is an agreement to act. If we complete this step, then we will act upon it. If we don't complete more steps, then we didn't really agree. Something within us likely was not ready, even though we may have thought we were ready. Notice the clause in this quote. If we kept close to him and performed his work well, every day we can choose to see God as a principal, director, and father, or not. We can choose to follow our own desires and wants or the will of God. In fact, we will choose one or the other. The choice will be made and has been made. Much of my growth has developed through persistent and continued choice to redirect my mind, heart, words, attitudes, and actions. God changes in me what I choose to give to God for change. I can be quite stubborn at times. Let's remember to keep the focus upon progression, not perfection. Let's find how we can keep progressing and what that looks like. So we have freedom of choice. God will not make us choose. God will not force our minds, words, or attitude. Grace will not be forced within us. It is up to us to abide in it. It is up to us to choose and to think it. Our minds, thoughts, and beliefs can grow with God if we choose to bring it into our minds. The AA quote above uses the statement, We had a new employer. If we decide that God will be our new employer and make the decision with complete abandon on page 59, then we will spend time each day to grow understanding of what our new employer wants us to do and how to do it better. Skipping this step may be similar to not even showing up for work. It's like saying we'll be there, but then we don't. Love and tolerance is the code of AA, but not false flattery or fake encouragement. It is important to hold each other accountable to what we say and do or don't do. We need this truth. We need to see the facts of our choices and our actions. Pretending someone is doing well when we know for a fact that they are not is deceptive and misguiding. We must not sabotage the truth or facts from our perception or somebody else's for the sake of comfort. We have to carefully, lovingly, patiently, thoughtfully speak the truth about what we see and believe to be true for the good of God. Of course, our pride, resentment, jealousy, competition, etc. can get in the way and create harm. So we have to be very careful when we do speak 
hard truth to people. In order to make inward corrections, we must spend time there in our thinking. It will require honest evaluation of our thoughts, words, attitudes, and actions. Prayer and meditation can be helpful practices to improve our thought awareness. We can choose to restructure our schedule and a way of life to incorporate such practices. We can choose to have different priorities. We can take uncomfortable action even when we don't feel like it. After all, I doubt Jesus felt like it much of the time. I doubt the disciples felt like it much of the time. A comfort-seeking attitude may be a liability to spiritual growth. Romans 12.2 And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. What will of God are we proving? Are we even doing the will of God in a way that is demonstration to others? This is a vital question to maintain in our consciousness, and we ought to seek answers. Moses and Jesus strongly agree and affirm one basic and central point, that we are to love God with all our heart, all our strength, and all our soul. Deuteronomy 4.29 and 6.5, Matthew 22.37, Mark 12.30, Luke 10.27, and Acts 8.30. 37. The word all is repeated. It's good to take in the meaning of the word all. Now, if we love God with all our heart, will we have any idols? Is there room for idolatry if we're loving God with our all? Will we worship anything or anyone else over God? Think about it. If we fulfill this command with all our love toward God, there won't be anything else We love more than God. Why? Because all means everything. Fortunately, we can grow into this in progressive fashion. We can trust and believe in God a little more and more each day. As we trust God through new action, we can learn how it is good and have our confidence increased. This process involves a mindset of thinking how we can love God more with our heart, strength, and soul. How might we improve with our thoughts and actions into abiding more with God? Page 59 of Alcoholics Anonymous says, Half measures availed us nothing. We stood at the turning point. We asked His protection and care with complete abandon. We abandon ourselves, our own ideas, our worldly reliance, and we invite God to protect us as we trust in His guidance. Matthew 7.2 For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. See also Mark 4.24 and Luke 6.38. One thing I have noticed is that the way I judge myself can be similar to how I judge others. And as I have grown to accept and tolerate others more with mercy and forgiveness, through changing my thinking to forgiveness and mercy, it has become easier to forgive myself and be at peace. Practicing peace outwardly more helps me to practice it more inwardly and vice versa. Think about the difference between half measures and complete abandon. What it might look like in yourself. What might it be for you to practice half measure in prayer 
meditation, and trusting God? What might it look like if you completely abandon yourself to God? What might the first step be like to improve your measure? What might the results be with your half measure versus complete abandon? Do you think there's a difference in the results? Recall earlier the phrase new employer. God was to be our new employer. It may be helpful to think of God as our boss who will reward us as we abide in him. But the reward is with love and peace and inward experiences. God's character involves peace, mercy, and forgiveness. That means we let go of thoughts with condemnation. We neither condemn ourselves nor others. Instead, we apply full measure of our thoughts and attitude to grow forgiveness, mercy, and peace, and other godly character traits. Let's give attention to this next description of the will of God. 1 Thessalonians 5.12-22 And we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you, and are over you in the Lord, and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Be at peace among yourselves. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly. Comfort the faint-hearted. Uphold the weak. Be patient with all. See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good both for yourselves and for all. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecy. Test all things. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. The will of God is something we can choose to participate in and grow in our minds. So the will of God is something we can choose to participate in and grow in our minds, hearts, attitudes, and actions. We can think and move more peacefully. We can pursue what is good with more heart, mind, soul, and strength. As I continuously chose to serve God, I experienced a gradual reworking of my soul. My willing mind and heart were gradually transformed and renewed. In order to prove the will of God, demonstration is needed. We need to respond with it more and more. Such actions will involve many choices of doing God's will instead of our own. This can be done one choice at a time, one moment at a time, and one day at a time. Here is a popular prayer used around some recovery groups. It's called the Serenity Prayer. This first part is a short version. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. I was reading this prayer one day, and it came to me that the word serenity was a key point to the rest of it, because it says, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. So it's like serenity, it appeared to me, was needed. I need serenity to accept the things I cannot change. So it's I'm seeking serenity. And in order to have serenity, i got to get rid of a lot of the disturbing angry, fearful, worry, self-seeking thinking. I've got to let that go. Here's the rest with the long version. It adds the following. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking 
as Jesus did, this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will, so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Amen. So we can choose to read this prayer, or not. We can choose to think how to do it, or not. We can choose to struggle to grow a conscious awareness of God's will throughout our day. We can choose this. It's not an easy choice on a continuous basis. The Bible talks a lot about perseverance and endurance, long-suffering, because that's key. It's important that we pursue with that. Hebrews 10.36-39 For you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Think about the quote, if anyone draws back. And then the author closes with this line. But we are not those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. So it sounds to me like this is a process. 1 Peter 2.15 For this is the will of God that by doing good you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men, as free, yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice, but as bondservants of God. Honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. The will of God is about spiritual integrity. It's about treating others with fairness and justice. It's about honoring people who are to be honored. 1 Peter 3, 13-17 And who is he who will harm you if you become followers of what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you are blessed. And do not be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you. With meekness and fear, having a good conscience, that when they defame you as evildoers, those who revile your good conduct in Christ may be ashamed. For it is better, if it is the will of God, to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. 1 Peter 4, 1-6 Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind, for he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lust of men, but for the will of God. For we have spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles, when we walked in lewdness, lusts, drunkenness, revelries, drinking parties, and abominable idolatries. In regard to these, they think it strange that you do not run with them in the same flood of dissipation, speaking evil of you. They will give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For this reason the gospel was preached also to those who are dead, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the Spirit.
In this last line, it appears to me that the preaching of the gospel to the dead is a way of helping their souls and spirit experience judgment. The truth, hearing the truth of God, even when they're stuck in evil and doing evil and living by evil, they can be convicted. And also, but to learn to live more according to God in the Spirit. But if we preach this without the ability to demonstration and prove the will of God, will it really bring much conviction? If we're not confident in what it says through experience, knowing how true it really is? This is just some food for thought. 1 John 2.15-17 Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Acts 22.14 Then he said, The God of our fathers has chosen you that you should know his will and see the just one and hear the voice of his mouth. We are to know God's will. We are to do the will of God. If we don't know it, let's get learning it. That's what inward authority is all about. Learning the will of God, doing it, and then sharing the good that we learn from it sharing the hope, sharing the results and the experiences we have, not being alone in our suffering. We can grow in this. It is a persevering and enduring and has suffering and is difficult and challenging. That's part of the process because of our sin, because of our pride, because of our ego, because of the self-deception that we experience. But the truth is love and peace It's the most healthy, productive thing that we can experience. It's the most fulfilling thing we can have in our life. But we need to choose it. And in so doing, it'll be a process of letting go of all that is worldly that we have learned. May God bless you on your journey as you continue to learn and practice the will of God. Mm